the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Good afternoon and welcome to Black and Right, where we challenge you to think beyond the limited scope of what the mainstream media shares. Today is the day we take back control by stopping the left's manipulation of the vocabulary of the day to maintain its political chokehold on the black community and shake the tree of the liberal left to see how many nuts fall out. I'm your host, John Anthony. Join with my guest co-host today. We'll get into more of that a little bit later, but I'm really excited about the, the, the lineup we have today. We'll be speaking with, he's fired up and he's ready to go. Attorney Thomas DeVore will be speaking to former sheriff of Milwaukee County, David Clark. We'll also be talking to <laughs> State Representative LaShawn Ford and his Let's Stop Teaching History Bill uh, uh, demand to the Illinois State Board of Education. And we'll also be talking to the co-red founder, Eric Modro. He'll go over a lot of the technical aspects of the, George, the leaked George Floyd um, tape. But I'm excited about who's joining me in studio today. Uh-oh. I'll save that one for last because, you know, you know they just think they so Ladies everything. Lady- no, uh-uh, nope. Okay, yeah, all right. Ladies first. <laughs> Did you see how she looked at me? Mm-hmm. See how you looked at me? We, we, are we going to start this, this early? I'm behaving today. Okay. We have, we have guests in all the right. house. We have guests. All right, none other than the queen herself, Alicia Benford. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me here today. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, you, you took a, it was a nice little drive for you to get here, though. It was. South Side. But I made it. <laughs> and you guys know that, you know our, our, our next troublemaker. He's the troublemaker <laughs> of AM560, The Answer, Velon Galloway. I'm back. <laughs> you ready? Color commentary. Oh. Ooh. And, and and you should have said, Alicia, when I when I told Verlon, I said, I told him who was coming on the show. He's like, ah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm uh, in. But before we get started, I, I want to, uh, Cash, Cash um, Lee Kelly was supposed to be on the show today. Um, but he had the, the birth of his child early this morning, so he was unable to come into the studio to do the show today. So Cash and Erica, congratulations on the, uh, the birth of your healthy baby. Yeah. Um, we, we send nothing but much love to you guys. Thanks so much. Congratulations. Um, so, Valon, what's new? What's new? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep some stuff to myself. <laughs> I don't want to mess up. Why? <laughs> because last about a year ago, I didn't get what I wanted. Uh-oh. Alicia, what's up? What's new with you? Nothing. I'm actually enjoying uh, being on the show here today. You know, I play an attorney on TV. I'm not a real one. So I love uh, learning about the laws and making sure that... Uh, People abide by them, so this will be an interesting discussion today. I, I thought you were going to say you play an attorney on Facebook because, yeah. you know, you do that too. I do, I, a Facebook, <laughs> social media, TV, you name it. <laughs> I, I mean, have, are, you guys re- are you guys paying attention to, to what's becoming of not just America but our world? Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts about what? Let's take Portland, for example. 
Did you see what happened last night or I, yesterday? I did not. There was an individual who was, um, who was in this truck. It was a, some blue pickup truck. He was stopped. They, they blocked off traffic. And then next thing you know, this guy had a gun. Standing in for he, he, he didn't he had it at the ready. He didn't mm-hmm. point it at the guy. But this was one of the protesters with a gun. Two mm-hmm. with a gun stopping traffic. Is that peaceful? No. Why were they stopping traffic in Portland? Because they're peaceful protesters. With a gun? Yeah, it's peaceful. Right? What was the purpose? It's peaceful protest because it's Portland. Okay, that's not peaceful protest. <laughs> that, that's, is that peaceful? No. What is it? Number one, I think it's the dumbing down of our society with the messaging. And next comes the downfall of our society and our culture, the American culture. I'm shocked. I'm shocked at, at, at the degradation of, of our society. Um, I'm mad because, as I said, as we talked about last week, Verlon, we don't have enough people mad yet. Mm-hmm. Because I believe if we have enough, and, and, I, and I don't mean mad to the point where you go out and commit crimes. I don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about mad enough to where you start looking at and, and looking at what's, what's in front of us with the political field, and you start getting involved because... What did Mary Lori Lightfoot win the Chicago mayoral race with? How many votes? A hundred and some, hundred and some thousand votes? Not that many, really. Not for a city of, what, four, three, four million? 2.7 million. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and you, you're now the president, I mean, the, the, city of, the, the mayor of the city of Chicago with measly votes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's paying attention. Mm-hmm. How, do we get, how do we get people to pay attention and how do we get people to, pay, to, to get involved so that we can start taking back this, not just this, not our cities. I mean, you, you know what's happening. I mean, look at what's happening over in Will County. And, yeah. Yep. You know. I honestly feel like people have gotten used to the art of deflection. They deflect away from whatever the real issue is and do things to incite rage instead of doing what needs to be done to solve a problem. And that, unfortunately, has been the tone. And, and they've now taken that over into the political climate. And regardless of whatever party you're in, if, if one party says something is green, somebody else is going to say it's purple just because we can't ever agree on anything, even if it's the right thing to do. I think a light needs to be shined on the lawlessness and the crimes that's being committed by these leftists. Mm-hmm. But, but how, how is the light going to be sh- shown when it's, 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 it should be the media's job to, show that, to shine that light brightly, right? But they're not. No. They're picking a side, and they're supposed to be, they're not supposed to pick a side. So they're supposed to be objective and not mm-hmm. subjective to whatever the, the person or, or the political agenda is, right? Yep. That's right. But that's not where we're at today. I know. And they're setting the tone, unfortunately. But, but it, listen, I, I, I tell people all the time, the, the media and politicians will go as far as the people allow them. Mm-hmm. The problem is the people are not pushing back. You got people like the Reopens Illinois, you know. Uh, the lawsuits versus J.B. Pritzker, that group, those groups. You got those groups who are uh, American Revolution 2.0. You got a lot of these groups that are now starting to rise up. Mm-hmm. But the media not giving them the time of day. Mm-hmm. Or shutting them down. Or shutting them down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Facebook is completely shutting everybody down who has a, a, a different perspective that's not aligned. I, I, I saw I mean, um, Facebook is shutting down doctors who went to school and studied medicine, but they're allowing Bill Gates to sit and talk about a man who still could, still can't figure out a virus on his software, right? <laughs> right. How so? Well, you know, we have to take over the messaging. Matter of fact, we have a lot of outlets, a lot of conservative outlets, a, a lot of independent conservative media. But we have to link up 
somehow we have to link up and build a strong chain. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to get our message out. We have to take over the messaging. Mm-hmm. How do we do that, Alicia? And we just have to keep repeating to the public what the law is. So basically, who says it, who said it, and on whose authority. And the more you can get that to the level that somebody can understand and make it personal to them, the more you'll, you know, people will start to open their eyes and realize how these things impact them and how, how important their vote is. When right. people, you know, when they, people don't have a challenger and don't have any, you know, anybody that's holding them accountable. Like, like you're, step, you're opening up to the idea of Trump. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be nice. You said be nice, right? I'm reading my Bible. But, but Alicia, I love, because <laughs> you say that all the time, and, mm-hmm. I, and I really, you know, you and I, we talk about this mm-hmm. a lot. The problem is not, the inability to craft a message where a fifth grader mm-hmm. could understand it. Mm-hmm. How? What? What is that message, though? You get, it, you got to figure out the message, and you got to figure out how to make it personal to that individual. Until you do that, you'll all they they won't it won't be relatable to somebody. It just won't. So you have to make the person feel as though uh, it resonates, it touches their heart. How it's going to impact them? It's an emotional yep. aspect to that. Yep. Republicans are not good at that. I know. I know. Anybody right of center is not good at that, right, Vlad? You're right. She's exactly right. Yep. Uh, the Democrat Party and the media has uh, learned how to hone the craft to make people think that government is what's best for you. And we have your issues at heart to help you. And we don't, we think people have, a lot of people have common sense, but you ever heard the old phrase, common sense ain't common? Mm-hmm. Well, it ain't also common. It ain't, it ain't so common. Especially today. It's, it's just, it's simply not common. You know, we're going to be talking to Attorney Thomas DeVore coming up. And, you know, Alicia, I, we, you and I talked about this on the way on the drive in. I mean, there's just so much happening um, with Attorney Thomas DeVore with Darren Bailey lawsuit, mm-hmm. with the lawsuits with Parkview and 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 then the Shanahan School District. What's, what was the other school district? Did you uh, York Yorkville Parkview? Yep, yeah, yep, yep. You it's know, Shanahan. with that, and then yesterday the rush, the the Pritzker saying, "Hey, Illinois Department of Health needs these emergency rules. Let's, let's ship them off to JCAR so that now you, you notice." If you listen to that press conference, he never said it. He said, this is not about the individual. This is about businesses as, as far as daycares, churches. Mm-hmm. What, what else did he put in there? Schools. Mm. So he's trying to undercut that, that one lawsuit. And Tom, Thomas, Attorney Thomas DeVore is going to come on uh, after this um, next segment to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Because people, people don't know. They're, they're flustered, they're frustrated, and they don't know what to do this coming school year. I have, I mean, kids, I got, I got four. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I have three of them, though, that's going to be going to a, some form of public school system. Mm-hmm. And to say that one of, my, one of my kids can't wear a mask. Now, what am I supposed to do? And, and, and I'm thinking that, but there's so many other people, so many other parents, they're, they're clueless as what to do, and they're afraid, and they have nobody there but Thomas DeVore. We'll be joining us in the next segment. As you can tell, I'm getting a little flustered because, and I got to breathe, because this frustrates me to no end. Mm-hmm. Hey, coming up next, we'll be talking to attorneys Thomas DeVore. You're listening to Black and White on AM 560 The Answer. And now, more Black and White with John Anthony. On AM 560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. I'm calm. I'm cool. I'm collected. 
I won't say eternist anymore, George. <laughs> you listening to Black and Right? I got my two great go co-hosts in the he is building. Through every word today. In the building. You ain't black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alicia, the Queen, Benford, and Verlon, the Troublemaker Galloway. That's right. So, what are you guys' thoughts about what's going on with Pritzker and the school system? Well, you go first oh, thank you. Well, I want to finish up what you were saying when you uh, what you were saying in the last segment. I think when you mentioned churches and schools and the regulations that he's putting together, mm-hmm. I think he's pulling the rug from under our fundamental foundation. Uh oh, schools, mm-hmm. especially churches. Church. Churches got us through slavery and Jim Crow and everything else, and for him to try to, you know, d- you know. Break it up the way he does and try to limit us to 10 people, 20 yeah. people. Yeah. You know, he's stopping us from congregating. Well, you know what? How about we do this? How about we hear from the, the man himself, Attorney Thomas DeVore? Thomas, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, John, what's going on, brother? Hey, I'm doing well, man. I, I, mean, I mean, how are you? Are you getting any sleep? Oh, yeah, I get all kinds of sleep. <laughs> you, I mean, you're just, you, you, you seem, I think you're probably the busiest man in the state of Illinois right now. I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I'm staying busy, but trying to do my regular stuff and keep up with this, it keeps me going, but that's okay. Yeah. Before we, get, worth to, before we get to the J-Car um, and you know, what came out uh, yesterday, give us an update. What's yeah. going on with the Pritzker case in, in, a, in a minute or so? Uh, what's going on with the lawsuits against the schools? Vice, you, know, you suing Pritzker? Well, the schools suing Pritzker and the Pritzker administration suing the schools. Give us an update. Yeah, well, the the Bailey case, there's a rule to show cause pending next Friday for the governor to continue to issue executive orders when Judge McKinney said he had no authority. Uh, and there's really no excuse for that, because whether the governor goes around the state saying it's only for Clay County or, or the Fourth Judicial Circuit, et cetera, his executive orders have never cut out any of those areas, even even trying to appease the order of the court. So he's in contempt. Uh the school cases, I'm trying to consolidate our school case in Clay County with the one the governor sued the, uh, the schools up in Sangamon County. It's funny, John. He says the Clay County court ruling only applies to Clay County. Yeah, I saw that. Because of the, but then he goes ahead and sues in Sangamon County, three schools, and none of which are in Sangamon County. So he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, as usual, and uh, we'll see how that. But, you know, when a governor has to sue somebody to say, hey, court, say what I did is legal and enforce it for me because I don't have any way to enforce it. Uh, that should speak for itself, but I don't know if enough people pick up on that. You know, Tom, when I look at, you know, the courts have said that he doesn't have the power to do it. Yet he, he still operates as if he does, he still has the power. I mean, how, how is that so? Because I, you, you, I'm sure you've been on Facebook, social media, and you've seen all these people still afraid to make these decisions for their own businesses because they're afraid that, the Illinois Department of Health, the Pritzker administration, police now can probably will probably come and, and do all type of things. And they're so afraid. How how does he continue to do this? And does he have the power to do this? It's, it's fear, John. It's all fear. For thousands of years, the people of this world were controlled by fear of the sword, and it was effective. And 244 years ago, we said that doesn't work in the United States, but. Now it's fear by all of the regulatory nonsense that's been created over the decades, 
and slowly chipped away. So it's the same type of fear, but it's a different type of fear. Uh, and it works to a certain extent. He doesn't have the power to do that. If you listened real close, Mr. Anthony, yesterday to the governor's press release conference, and I don't listen to him, but I listened yesterday, when he was talking about does he think that local governments will start enforcing something, this new JCAR rule, which we'll get to, and if you listen to what the governor said close, he said, well, I've always think they've wanted to, but they were looking for a mechanism of enforcement. He just admitted on national television that he had no enforcement mechanism in place. Whether JCAR wow. is or isn't, it isn't, wow. but that's different. But you, if you heard him say that, sir, I did. I did. they're looking did. for a mechanism of enforcement. He just admitted that everything that they've been doing is fear. It's all 100% fear. Hundreds of businesses across this state, 50 counties that I got open over the last five months, and they threatened them and threatened them. And you know how many times they ever really did anything, sir? What's that? Zero. Wow. Zero. Because it's all fear-based, but it's been effective for the most part. And even though there's a court that says he doesn't have the authority, people are still scared because they've got people out there threatening them. So the only thing that's going to work is either the Supreme Court finally stepping in or, you know, who's more? I'm a lawyer, and there is no more important authority to me in the law as interpreting the law as the Supreme Court. But you know who's really in charge? The people. (laughs) Yes. The people. And when they've had enough, it's over. How you doing, Mr. DeVoe? I totally I'm agree. Doing good, brother. I, I totally agree with you. It's about control, mm-hmm. and if they can't control these business owners, he's just going to hit them over their head and pick their pocket with these t- with these yeah. uh, with these fines, these two thousand five hundred dollar fines. He's going oh, to. I'll get to that. That's all nonsense. That's, he, no, that's all nonsense. He's going to control you, or he's going to break you. This is the type of governor we have. We have a tyrant. Yep. You have a tyrant because you know what? I said it yesterday on a, on a thing. You can't control the people if they don't want to be controlled. There's 13 million people in this state, and if they say no, there's not a force on earth that can stop them. Not one. There is not. And the governor knows that. Hey, this is and a... They, and so what, Go ahead, sir. I didn't want, it's Alicia. I didn't want to interrupt you, but um, oh, you're right. The, I don't think the people even understand that they can't say no. In the words of one of the Real Housewives of Atlanta characters, who's going to check me, boo? People don't even realize that they have the ability to say no. You know, and I'm a business owner. And so when people come in and complain, and I'm like, you, you do know that you don't have to abide by that. There's, there's nothing anybody can do. And although, John, I know you said this may, he may be singling out churches and schools, the way that I see it being proposed is it just says all businesses. So where, where does it stop at some point? Right. And until, until we take our power back, it, it's going to continue. You're trying to implement laws now for something that you've been doing. And that just doesn't make sense. You're, ma'am, you are exactly correct. And... And, I, and I, you said it as well as that I could say it. When people ask me about these lawsuits and stuff, and I say, look, courtrooms are just a mechanism for what I believe is the bigger issue, which is to educate people on what their rights are, right? The only difference between me and a citizen is I happen to have that education. But I'm just one person. People shouldn't listen to me. Right. I ask people to think for themselves. I don't say this is what you should do or shouldn't do, because that's what politicians do. They want to tell you what to think. And telling people what to think is what's got us in the place we're in, in this state, in this country. I don't want that. I want people to think for themselves. I just try to give them information. And you're exactly right. Not even understanding what their rights are is the biggest issue that we have in this state, if you just, in this country. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Attorney Thomas DeVore. Uh, just about all of the lawsuits that he's filed against it, what, he's filed against the Pritzker administration, 
and just giving us an update of what's going on. Now, let's talk about JCAR, right? The Joint Committee <laughs> on Administrative right. Rules, right? All right. Give us a breakdown. What, is it, what does it all mean to businesses? What, I mean, Brother, what's the redress for, Brother, for businesses? This is, this, is the big, this is one of the biggest ruses that we've ever had. Do you remember when they threw that rule in front of JCAR about two months ago and then they rescinded it? Yep. It was, it was similar in nature. The reason they rescinded it is because the way that it works is when they issue an emergency rule, like they did then and they've done now, JCAR meets and can suspend that rule. It says, nope, it's out. It takes, there's 12 people on JCAR. If eight of the 12 of them vote to suspend the rule, the rule's out. There's six Democrats, six Republicans. Right. Now, the governor withdrew that rule last time, trying to say that, well, we thought they would handle it in the legislature. Nonsense. He knew that there was at least eight people on JCAR that were going to suspend it, and he was trying to save political face. Now, let me tell you about how this works. JCAR is the oversight committee that makes sure that rules that are made by the administrative bodies are proper. Administrative bodies can make their own rules. JCAR is a checks and balances system on that. The rule that just got created, this most recent one, is as illegal as anything that's ever been done. Oh, boy. Administrative, administrative rules, ladies and gentlemen, because I have a lady speak, I'm not going to say gentlemen, <laughs> I'd be improperly. Administrative rules are not laws. They are procedural in nature. There's law on this. It's simple. So they're procedural in nature. This new one that they're trying to put through is not a procedural rule. It's a law, a substantive law that says behavior of people has to be this or you're going to be fined. Ah. Let me tell you what's in the ah. de- let me see let me tell you what's in the Department of Health hey, Act hey, hey, now. Hey, 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 attorney, yeah. attorney. Sorry. Okay, let, Go. let's discuss that. I'll, I'll give you two minutes on the other side of the break uh, to, right, to, to break that down. Hey, you listening to Attorney Thomas DeVore. Please don't uh, he go is anywhere. breaking it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you listening to Black and White on AM560. I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Alongside my guest co-host today, the queen herself, Alicia Benford, and Valon, the troublemaker, Galloway. All right. Um, before the break, we were talking with attorney Thomas DeVore. Thomas, I told you, I sent you the message. I don't know if you got it. Can you wrap this in one minute for me, brother? Sure. And I'm doing a Facebook Live tomorrow at 6, John, if people want to listen in. I'm going oh, to nice. explain it in more detail. But simply speaking, the JCAR is going to either vote to suspend that rule or not. The problem is, the reason they should suspend it, and even if they don't, it's not enforceable, is the Department of Health can't create an administrative rule on how they should go about running, you know, their department and enforcing the statute. They can't expand the statute and create a crime when the legislature didn't create that crime within the law itself. So it's really simple. All of these fines and stuff in there, it's all illegal. If JCAR should suspend it, they absolutely should. And if not, I'm going to sue them. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> You've shown that. <laughs> you, you, you can't create law within an administrative body. It's absolutely right. ridiculous. And to the extent they try to do it, 
well, we'll just go to court. But it's uh, J. Carr should suspend that rule. It, it's not even, it's ridiculous. Hey, Tom, so where can people find that um, that threat you're going to be doing, their Facebook Live? On, on my, I'm on, you know, Thomas DeVore's my Facebook account. I'm going to go live at 6 o'clock, and I'm going to take about, you know, as much time as people want, and I'm just going to explain this whole J. Carr process and a few other things that I think are important. Again, trying to help people understand, because once the people figure it out, John, yeah. It's over. The governor's games and these administrative bodies games are over when the people call BS. I won't say that on that TV, but you know what I mean. <laughs> there you I have it. On the radio. Attorney yeah. Thomas DeVore, thank you so much for once again gracing us with your wisdom and your advice. Tom, Attorney Thomas right, DeVore. I'll be tuning in tomorrow. Wow. We're going to unpack that in the second hour, but we got to get right to it. Uh, I'm really excited about our next guest, guys. I got an opportunity to meet him at the... 2016 GOP convention, um, literally right after he gave his speech. Um, I mean, I call him America's sheriff. Everybody that I know call him America's sheriff. Former sheriff of Milwaukee County, the one and only Sheriff David Clark. Welcome to Black and Right. Thanks a lot for that introduction. I'm humbled by that. <laughs> you, you, you are the man. And, I, and first thing, first, I want to get the, I want to get this right out of the way. I hope you're not done with politics because we, st- we need your voice, sir. We need you because you are truly one of those warriors, one of those frontline warriors who's not afraid to say, say, say what needs to be said, and doesn't care about the repercussions. I, and that's one of the things I love about you, sir. Well, I appreciate that. I'm still in the belly of the beast, uh, <laughs> taking on a different mission inside that beast. <laughs> and that's the fight for freedom and liberty in America. And I think there are a number of ways that you can do that. I use different platforms, such as your own, and I appreciate that, to get the message out, to get a counter uh, narrative out there to this uh, liberal ideology, all this lies and deceit coming from the left. And I think that, you know, I put my country first right now. So Amen. in terms of political life, I don't have... Um, any plans at this moment to run for office again, but yeah. the fight continues. There you go. So let's get, let's get right to it. Let's get to, to it. I, I don't know if you had an opportunity to view the leaked um, George Floyd um, video that came out a couple of days ago by Daily Mail, I believe it was. Um, yes. Do, do, do you think, do you believe we would have had a different outcome if the folks in Minnesota, the, you know, the officials, had released that body cam footage before they fired him? Or do you think it was just such a powder keg ready to blow up that it didn't matter what, we still would have had what we had in Minnesota? Yeah, let's try to unpack that a little bit. First of all, I don't think that the outcome uh, would have been any different because the the left is hell-bent in their um, insidious game of identity politics, race politics, to stoke up the black vote for the uh, November election. And there's nothing that will uh, anger and, and frustrate and energize many uh, of the black voters that tend to vote Democrats in issues of race. So, you know, they, the left lays in wait, sneak attacks, and they just wait, knowing one of these incidents of police uh, interaction with a, uh, a black male is going to happen, and if it's incendiary enough, uh, they'll take it, and, and they'll exploit it anyway. But the thing that uh, bothers me the most is the way that people jump to conclusions yes. uh, early on in this. And I was asked from day one when, you know, everybody saw the eight, nine minute tape, whatever. And I kept reminding people to keep their powder dry. Uh, I'm familiar with these sort of things. I've investigated homicide. I've assisted uh, counsel at table during murder trials trying to get a conviction. I know what 
the ebbs and flows of these things. No case is perfect. And it's a, it's a totality of yes. everything surrounding that that goes in into the trial before the jury. And the defense's uh, job is to create doubt. That's all they have to do. The, the state still has the burden of proof. And we saw one snippet of one piece of evidence. Correct. We saw nothing to corroborate. That evidence hasn't been tested. Uh, that evidence we don't even know is going to be admitted into trial because the defense can try to block it. Yeah. So we have a long way to go. But I also indicated um, how, how people, and, and many of the people you know, that are on my side, so to speak, the conservative side, jumped to conclusions and said that Officer Chauvin murdered George Floyd. Yeah. Look, yeah. I said that these officers still retain their presumption of innocence, yet everybody was saying this officer killed and murdered. Where's the presumption of innocence? You know, and I don't care how ugly that tape was. The fact of the matter is that, you know, under the rule of law, we still maintain our presumption of innocence. We're charged with something. And we gotta, we got to wait. And I know yeah. we live in a, an age where people don't want to wait. But the, the fact of the matter is, There'll be a lot of evidence. We don't know everything. I don't know everything that's going to go into this trial, but I'll tell you what, that leaked tape is going to be highly problematic yes, it is. for the prosecution. Yes, it is. And, and I totally agree. And, and you know, we, we're headed to break, so we'll, we'll continue this discussion on the other side of the break. But before we go to break, Candace Owens said the same thing, and she was just ostracized. Um, that, you know, what about the presumption of innocence? Where is the due process of, of I mean, We've just completely gotten rid of um, due process in this country. Nobody wants to even have that discussion anymore. And it's gonna, I think it's going to be a detriment to the profession of, of policing, in my opinion. So when we come back from break, more with Sheriff David Clark, my man, the um, America's sheriff. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer, with your host, John Anthony. Falan and the queen herself are with us. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. We're talking with former sheriff of Milwaukee County in Wisconsin, Sheriff David Clark, author of the book, Go Out and Get It on Amazon, Cop Under Fire, Moving Beyond Hashtags of Race, Crime, and Politics for a Better America. Sheriff David Clark. Hi, Sheriff Clark. It's Alicia Benford. Thanks for joining us today. Um, I have a question for you. Um, you know, in, I'm living in, in, in this area, I have a lot of sorority sisters that are Chicago police officers. So I was really worried about them when people started rioting, worried about their safety. Um, and ever since the riots, you know, we've still had a large number of killings in, in our communities in Chicago. Last week, we had a targeted killing of a rapper in a Gold Coast community, one of the uh, richest areas in Chicago. You heard the very next day that they dispersed 200 police officers to that area. Now, that's targeted in that area. He was out shopping. They found 200 police officers to go to that area to try to solve that murder. But I just feel like we're not upset enough in our communities to make sure that we have the proper protection in some of our communities from law enforcement. So how can we as residents make sure that our voices are heard and that we have the right support in that area and that we get just as upset when we're killing our own people as when the police officers kill us? Yeah, there's a lot there. That's a long Uh, question. I know. Very, 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 no, very astute observations. Well, the first thing that residents have to do is make, why is your choices at the ballot box? 
Chicago is suffering from a crisis of leadership failure. Starting at the mayor's office, you can look at the Chicago City Council and just go down the list there. The Chicago uh, Police Department has their hands tied. They're trying to get this done with one arm tied behind the back. They don't have the political support that they need uh, to get things done. You know, I've been keeping up with, you know, I'm not that far from Chicago, 72 miles away up here in uh, Milwaukee. And I've been keeping an eye on what goes on in Chicago. Um, and, and, I, and I noticed that since Memorial Day, and this is just on weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, since Memorial Day, the last 10 weeks, 647 people have been shot, leaving 131 dead. Those figures are staggering. You have to ask yourself, first of all, where's Black Lives Matter? Uh-oh. You have to ask yourself why the uh, Chicago Police Department has a horrible um solving you know solving crimes record but part of that in fairness to the police they can't get citizen cooperation so you know if you look at those black lives and, and the black lives matter that doesn't matter those lives don't matter and then you look at this rapper and you see the response from the uh, chicago police department why don't we have that kind of response come on when uh young young kids like tyshawn lee yes you know nine years old gets gunned down i know they caught his uh, killer, but at the same time, police presence matters. Yes. And I think that a visible presence could, would make a difference. But the police are being misused right now. And like I said, with their hands tied, they're not being very aggressive. I can't blame them because the, the you know, what happens is if something goes horribly wrong, it's in their fault of their own. And they have to use some sort of force or, God forbid, deadly force. They're looking at a murder charge. So you throw all that into this pot. And you have a hot mess, and that's what Chicago is right now. How you doing, Mr. Clark? Uh, this is Verline Galloway, and you got to excuse me right now. I'm a little giddy from talking to you again. Uh, I met you at uh, Freedom Summit last year, and uh, I still have our picture on my wall. As soon as people come in, they can see it. I got a, a couple. Of, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I got a couple of questions for you. Okay. Sure. Um, number one, do you think our society? has devolved so far that we can't recover from where we are, from everything that you just said. You know, I don't see where the hope is coming from. Do you think we can make a comeback here in Chicago? You can, but you got to change course. The, the, the path that they're on right now, the path that society overall is on right now all across this country is a downward spiral. Look, many of the things, the values that have uh, kept crime and and, and and violence in check are gone. Strong families, schools that actually educate kids. Um, you look at things like that. You look at this 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 problem, this crisis in the black community anyway, with fatherless homes. You have questionable life style choices by our young people, like joining gangs and, and involving themselves in drug and alcohol. With drug and alcohol, I should say. So you know, you, you, again, it, it's these are the urban pathologies that lend itself to all of this breakdown in this, this crime and violence that we're seeing. So, and then of course, you know, faith doesn't play a role anymore in, yeah. in, in many of these situations. So true. So, you know, it, you know, to reverse that would be very difficult. I don't think government can do that. I think that has to start within the community itself. We have to start shunning some of this cultural rot and dysfunction and not embracing it. You know, some of these urban pathologies that I talked about, fathering kids out of wedlock, having uh, you know, kids by different men, those things, that's cultural dysfunction, yes, that's cultural rot. 
And instead of embracing that stuff or looking the other way, we need to start to shun it and shame it because the turnaround is going to have to happen in the community itself. Government is not going to be able to reverse this. Well, you, I got one. Here's my last question this quick. You're the biggest name in Minnesota to me. I don't want us conservatives to lose momentum. When are you going to run from governor and get this Democrat out of office? <laughs> well, as I indicated, you know, I, I, I got a different mission right now. I take life one day at a time. I want to get Donald Trump reelected first, do everything I can. That's job one. And then we'll take a look at, uh, you know, what I might want to be involved in after that. Well, I love it. I love it, Sheriff David Clark. And I'm um, willing to come to Wisconsin and be your lieutenant governor if you're looking for one. I got you. <laughs> Just FYI. All right. Uh, <laughs> Sheriff David Clark, hey, go out and get his book, Cops on the Fire, Moving Beyond Hashtags of Race, Crime, and Politics for a Better America. I've read it. It is, it is, it is, it is a book that, that is written for what we're experiencing today. Sheriff Clark, thanks so much for joining Black and White. Got to have you in. Whenever you're in Chicago, Come into the studio, and uh, we'll have another good time. Is that okay? My my pleasure. I appreciate it. God bless you. All right. Thank you so much, sir. Sheriff David Clark. Wow. That was amazing. You listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joined in studio live by my good friend, the queen herself. I'm not going to say your name. And the troublemaker. <laughs> Welcome, guys. How you guys doing? Love it. That's why I'm going to start going by y'all nickname and not your names now. That's fine. Because, yeah. you know, you're the queen. You, you, that's, you, you're okay with people calling you the queen. And speaking of you being the queen, surprise, surprise, caller. Hi. John Anthony, how are you? I am so listen. I'm so excited to listen to you, and it is so honored because she's still trying to figure out who I am. I know who you are. It's time to break. <laughs> the son she never wanted. Yep. Um, I agree, brother. Deontay Johnson, how are you guys? It sounds good today. I'm glad to see Alicia in the studio, and you guys are talking about some great things. You guys just had one of my dear friends, Sheriff Clark, on, and what's happening in Portland and what's happening all over is ridiculous. It and is. the president has said it a million times, yes. law and order, law and order, law and order. We got to get our country back together. And the only person that can do that is President Donald J. Trump. And so I'm so glad that um, you guys all in the studio, um, I think, are on the train and hopefully yes. we're going to keep on pushing. Yeah, You know, guys, those of you that's listening, um, the, the Honorable Deontay Johnson, of Black Conservative Federation has yes. graced our presence by calling into the show. Yes, he's my other little brother, just FYI. Oh. So between the two of them, no. yeah. She treats him more like a son, though. Mm. Yeah. I give I give him a lot of grief. He's Am from, I right, Deontay? He's from Danville, yeah, yeah, but he yeah. likes to proclaim he's from the South Side, but he's from Danville. Listen, let me tell you something. Dick South Side, Guy Rose, we call it, we still call it Guy Rose. Um, You're right, baby. With hot peppers and cheese, hot crunchy curls, all of it. You know, with cheese. 71st. <laughs> hey, Deontay, thanks so much. And, and he also, he's also a member of the Black, uh, the advisory board member of um, Black Voices for Trump. Uh, I really appreciate you calling to the show. Uh, you got to get into the studio. I'm still waiting for you to get into the studio, brother. As well as the well, Black Republican Caucus for Illinois. You say what? Go ahead, Deontay. COVID happened, and so 
after all this, everything settled down, I will definitely be there. I will definitely be there. All right, let's, let's do it. At least have to take us both to lunch. I'm with that. Deontay Johnson, BCF. I'm, I'm coming back on that show. That's a, that'll be a rumble in the jungle. That's yeah, thanks so much for joining us, brother. Hey, uh, DJ Scottsburg, quick, quick. What's up, buddy? Hey, uh, John, a couple of things. Um, I know that there was some uh, conversation about schools going back, and, yeah. and there's been some ongoing stuff, especially with the, the, the flip-flopping that's been going on with school boards. But, um, you know, I... It was kind of tying in with what it is Tom DeVore was saying earlier, that there's been some serious overreach um, with the uh, public schools. It, the People need to remember, the school board set policy, and there are restrictions in the law, so that right. if you five schools seconds. are trying to force... If schools are trying to force kids to wear masks, there isn't a religious exemption component that parents can apply for. All right, there you have it. Dr. DJ Scottsburg. Thanks so much for calling, everybody. Hey, you listen to Black and White. Hour one is done. Hour two coming up. Don't leave. AM 560, the answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Well, well, welcome back to Hour 2 of Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. I'm really excited about my guest co-host today, the queen and the troublemaker. Welcome back to Hour 2. Oh, thank you. You ready? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. How was the first hour? hour? What do you guys think about the first hour? It was great. It was great. I I think um, Attorney DeVoris, I I think he's doing a yeoman's job. If you you look over, you know, you follow a lot of the blogs and stuff. They're trying to tear him a new one, Mm -hmm. but he's standing strong. Him and uh, Austin Scott Davies up in Rockford, he's another attorney that's doing some, I mean, they, both of them, they're tag teaming. He's in the North, he's in the South, and they're just knocking out and pushing back against um, this, in my opinion, this over-aggressive agenda. Mm Mm-hmm. It's tyranny. Tyranny. You love that word, don't you? Yeah, it's the accurate word. Wow. It is. It is. So, okay, let's, 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 let's switch. Let's flip this, the script, as they say. Alicia, have you been listening to Grandpa Joe? I've been listening to Joe Biden, yes. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you? Have nah, you? Wait, no, you got to say it right. Oh, go ahead. Come, Come on, on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, now, if President Trump was talking to a reporter. Now, let's, 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 let's take it back. If President Trump was talking to a black reporter oh. and he said this. Please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say... To President Trump, who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters. Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. An elephant and a lion? He's an idiot. You a junkie? Talk to a black man. Wait, wait. He, He basically compared a black man to cocaine. A junkie. So that's the first thing you think of when you're talking to a black man, when he asks you a question about, did you take a cottonsy test? Mm -hmm. You say, okay, did you take a cocaine test? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. What the stigma that's been on the black community since the Mm eighties. And you bring that back and throw it in this 
reporter's now, face. Now, he said that. Now, remember he said this, too. You ain't black. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, what he said a couple of days ago was even worse in my opinion. Show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. <laughs> right. Where is the respect? That's right. Put some respect on our names, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. But listen. What you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. So, Ferlan. Alicia, John, I think we are very diverse in our thought. That's mm-hmm. right. I think we're very diverse in, in how we, 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 we go about life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't agree on a lot of things. We, we agree on a lot of things, I should say. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of, there's some things that we disagree on, right, mm-hmm. Alicia? Yeah. yeah, and we're not a cookie cutter. Go no, Trump. Yeah. You won't nope, say that. Nope. We're not a cookie cutter operation. And what I noticed there is you all use President Trump. If that was any Anybody. any white Republican said what Joe Biden is saying, yeah. they would be cast aside just because they have an R behind their name. It doesn't matter. But remember, Joe Biden grew up in that segregationist. Remember, he remember he, he used the guy that used the word the N word. I wanted to play that clip, but I knew if I sent that to George, George would have been, Hoff Daddy would have been like, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you know this being a homeboy yourself. <laughs> oh, I love the new ones, Huff Daddy. These are just like amazing. <laughs> but you're right. But I, the reason why I use Trump because Trump is the one he's running against. Mm-hmm. But if Trump said this, it would be 24 seven, seven days a week. From the, I mean, just an onslaught of slapping at Trump for this statement. If Trump had, if, if they find any audio with President Trump using the N word, guarantee you it'll be everywhere. Morning, noon, and night. And as an elected official, Joe Biden has been in office long enough to know how to be careful about what he says. And it just, he just doesn't seem to care at this point. That's just my opinion. I don't think he understands cognitively. I don't think he knows because he's, I I think he's reverting back to a time of of his own politics Mm -hmm. when this was okay to say. Mm hmm. Yeah. And there was there was no challenging you. But where is the black community? You mean to tell me they're going to sit here and allow him to just say these things? Where's the Congressional Black Caucus? Where's Clyborne now? Clyborne, because if it wasn't for James Clyborne, Congressman James Clyborne, uh, Biden would not be the nominee today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where are they? Where are they? Mm -hmm. Where are the voices? Alicia, they're no they're nowhere. And this is a serious, serious matter. He was out jogging today, somebody, and he joked about having already chosen a running mate when you know you haven't. We have enough misinformation out there. If you are trying to be the president of the United States, I need you to be serious 24-7 right now. It's not a laughing matter. It's not a joking matter. And I just, I need him to just take this a little bit more serious. I don't. I want him to keep talking. I want to take. It I seriously. want him to keep talking. <laughs> like I don't. When he keeps he keeps talking, we keep winning. We I gotta have the same thought. Remember that. No, we don't. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 Hey, no. I wish they, I wish people would have saw your face. When yeah, he <laughs> looked at me like. Mm-mm. Let him keep orchestrating his own demise. Wait, keep digging, that, said, right? keep digging this, that ditch. This shows you the bias of the media. Everything yeah. that you just said, complicit. But the the Black Caucus, the Democrat Party, has bought in. This is their horse. Yeah, mm-hmm. they got to ride them to the end. Well, I, we know. Me and uh, Hoff Daddy and I were talking before the show. This isn't about Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. This is about Joe Biden's pick as VP. The moment he makes that pick, right, Hoff Daddy, the moment he makes that pick, the game is over. I just, I just thought about something. 
I, I was at the cigar bar earlier before I came into the studio. Sean from Elwood Park. Sean from Elwood Park. But it wasn't him that said this. But he agreed. Sexy as a devil, even in a high-pitched voice. One of the patrons there said the reason why he held off on his VP pick because he's thinking about asking Obama to be his vice president. And, he, and legally, you can do that. I don't think he can. Yeah, no, legally, he can be vice president. He can't run for president again. But guess what? If he has to step down, legally, Obama could be president again. No, you you have to be eligible to be president again in order to hold the vice president. Yeah. Are you serious? Correct. I I, I didn't know. I've looked into this. But I thought this guy knew what he was talking about. I I would be surprised if it's Hillary. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's that's a guaranteed loss. Dude, listen, if he picks Susan Rice, if he picks Kamala Harris, he's done. It's going to be a runaway train for Trump. I mean, for Trump. I think I think the smart choice. He shouldn't shouldn't have said, um, "I have to pick a woman." Well, as James Clyburn said, he didn't say he, we don't really need a black woman as VP. But he said a woman of color, right? A woman of color. Well, That's not Hillary. Warren is right. <laughs> Pocahontas. Okay. Okay. But what, what what are we gonna do? What about Val Demings? Nope. She, I don't think I think I don't think the progressives. I mean, she's law enforcement. She doesn't fit the criteria that the progressives are looking for. Warren fits the, the the criteria the progressives are looking for. I think. I, what do you think? You think it's going to be Warren? I'm still. I'm still just wondering how they had all of those candidates, and this is what they came up with. I, I, I can't get past that right now. So I don't. I've been following who he may pick, and I honestly feel like whoever he chooses, it will be for pomp and circumstance. It's not going to be. You know, it'll be trying to. To, to pander to some type of vote. That that really is going to be it. Emotional pandering to a vote, not because somebody Let, would Let's split the baby. Job. Let's split the baby. Split it. Michelle Obama. No. What that, if she pop She's up? making too much money. Man, I'm, that definitely has been a name. Look, excuse me. Excuse me. I'm making that much money. I'm not jumping back into politics. She could still, does that mean she can stop making uh, money? Yeah. She's basically dealing with her minor depression. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, she is minorly, she, she has a minor depression. Uh, my, my, you know, Deborah keeps saying it. Deborah just keeps saying, "Watch, it's going to be Michelle Obama, <sighs> dude." She becomes open game. Okay, they can't touch her right now. I yeah, I said the same thing. I, I, I can't touch think, her. Her becoming open game means what? I don't. She's the most popular she likes, person she in likes America. Michelle no, Obama. no, no. I'm talking about statistics. She's the most popular no, person in, in America. Mm-hmm. But, but 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 she's yeah. never been. She's never really had to hold up to the, the scrutiny, though. Does any Nobody, vice president? No, Go ahead. May I? Go ahead. Uh, I think Michelle Obama hurts Biden the same way that Sarah Palin hurt McCain, which is uh-uh. a lot of people don't have much faith in the person actually getting through a term. And so you're actually voting for the vice presidential candidate. And mm-hmm. a lot of people couldn't bring themselves to go. That's my point. Yeah. Well, I, I'm telling you, I, people know when, when, when you go into that voting booth, Reclaiming my time. <laughs> oh, great. Where's oh, Auntie Maxine right now? Right? You're fired. <laughs> but people, when people go into that voting booth, they are going to be voting for the vice president to be the president of the United States. I just, look, Michelle Obama is fine and everything as the wife of, of, of Barack Obama. But listen, hit me when I, let me explain this. But when it comes to her, people seeing her as the president of the United States, mm-hmm. I don't think enough people, there are enough people out there that would push her over the finish line. Go ahead. I think that the reason Biden ended up coming in at the end and soaring so high in the polls is the party was still voting for Obama. So that's how he soared. So if you keep that name out there, 
Michelle is his vice president, I actually, I if I was in that strategy room, I think that they would definitely use, continue to ride that train and momentum. Because what did Biden do all his years in office? Nothing. 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 What did he do as a but, vice president? But it's different. Nothing. It's different because you, you got to know, Joe, Joe Biden's 79 years old. Mm-hmm. It's different. Again, do I need to repeat it? You're voting for the president mm-hmm. because Joe, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think he's going to. Finish out his four-year term. But see, I think they know that. Right. And that will energize the progressives to vote, to come out and vote. Because right now, they're ready to sit on their hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if they hear Michelle Obama. Mm. Mm. I'd be shocked if she does. If she does it, hey, round on me. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> round on me. Hey, coming up next, we talk to State Representative LaShawn Ford. Woo, he wants the Illinois State Board of Education to end History teaching. No more teaching history. Coming up in the next segment. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, live in studio, John Anthony. Live in studio with my guest co-host today, two-time. There's just so much trouble going on in here, especially during the break. Verlon the Galloway, Time to start the troublemaker. Some more. Time to start some more. And the queen, Alicia Benford. Hey, hey. good afternoon. That was uh, Michelle Obama. Oof. You know what? Let's see what Jim has to say about all of this Michelle Obama talk. Hey, Jim, welcome to Black and Right. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Who's, who's going to be um, Biden's VP? Very sorry for Michelle to hear that she was depressed while she was eating bonbons on Martha's Vineyard Island. Oh, boy. I mean, I, I took a handkerchief and I was I was shedding a few tears. <laughs> where, where are you at today? I, I'm in my office in Bartlett. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last week was remote location from uh, Cancun. It's a lot of fun. People, you should travel there. Flights are real cheap now. Oh, good. There you go, Lisa. Yeah, good. I would actually be it's on Martha's Vineyard right now. So <laughs> yes, eating, eating bonbons with with Michelle while she's depressed. Oh boy. So what, what, what you calling? What, what, what are you calling with, um, Jim? What's going on? Well, actually, I want people to call and bombard their state legislators on Monday, for that because there's that board that's got to go along with uh, Pritzker's stupid decisions for the mask on Tuesday. Yeah, you talking about J-Car? Yeah, it's just the whole thing is stupid. Yeah, we got to bombard our uh, politicians and tell this is just absolute insane. You know, the governor, for example, like in Georgia, they're doing very well now. In South Dakota, their governor's terrific. Uh, you know, she never closed things down, and their stats per hundred thousand are much better than all these other states are. Yeah, and she didn't do all the things we're doing here. I, I said as I said last week on the show, Jim. To I think with Valon, we talked. We were talking last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy Nome and Nome is what is her name. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to be um, at the top of the ticket in twenty twenty four. I do. Yeah, and, and I, rightfully so. I was just going to say, instead of bombarding your state legislature, they can actually. Submit a written comment to Jay Carr. That's true. That way, you know it makes it on. It makes it into the actual public comments and hearing. So, yep. So true. Thanks so much for calling us, Jim. So, as you guys know, um, in Illinois, uh, state representative, a good friend of mine. I'm not going to lie. I served with him. He's a. He really is a good guy, and I, I so wish he would be Chicago's mayor right now. Uh, we probably would wouldn't be fi- uh, faced with a lot we're facing with now. May have his other problems, but you know what we're facing with now. I think he would have made some different decisions. Um, he was at a press conference. I think I believe it was the beginning of this week or the end of last week, 
And State Representative LaShawn Ford said this. Board of Education to end the teaching of history and the local school districts to take immediate action by removing the current history books and curriculum practices that unfairly communicate our history until a suitable alternative is developed. We should instead devote greater attention towards civics and ensure students understand our democratic process and how they can be involved. There, there you have it. Eighth District State Representative LaShawn for Hey, welcome. First time on Black and Right, brother. Black and right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did I know you would, how did I know you would come on with something like that? <laughs> oh my goodness. You are you are absolutely a fantastic uh guy and you know the legislature really, really miss you. Thank you. You were the, you were really uh, the one that knew how to uh, cross the aisle. Yeah. And and it hasn't been the same since you've left. Yeah. And I know that this interview might be hard hitting and it's okay. I know you got a job to do. And I'm willing to stand up and fight for what I believe in. So whatever you bring toward me, brother, <laughs> I still love you. Yeah. And uh, I'm ready. But but you know what? I think that's one of the reasons why we got along so well while we were in Springfield. We we'd always ask each other the tough questions about each other's yeah. bills and, and, and we wouldn't take it personally. Uh, right. And I think we need to bring a lot of that back to our, our, our bo- elective bodies. But, uh, but, but Representative, I, I want to take a different approach to the, 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 the bill. Or It's not even a bill. It's, it, you've just basically told the Illinois State Board of Election, I mean, um, Education that you wanted them to stop teaching history. So when you look at the, the call for the removal of statues, flags, and like it or not, that's, that's part of our historical fabric of, of, of America. They're being taken down right now, right? Can That's you right. see how people are up in arms about your call to stop teaching history while history is being whitewashed or dismantled right before our eyes? What do you say to those people? I, I think that what, one thing that I really appreciate about your uh, segue is that you played it in its totality where you showed that I didn't say that we had to end and erase the history, right. but I said, let's make sure that we stop teaching the current history um, the way we're teaching it and replace it with a more inclusive uh, form of history. That's the, that's the message that I, I send. I, there's no doubt that times have changed, and we've learned more about the uh, founding fathers. We learned more about the contributions of women uh, and, and black people, the Jewish community, and and the LGBTQ plus community, the Latinos, we've learned a lot more than what we knew when these same books were written. And so now that we're more knowledgeable, we know that the history that we've been taught leads to a racist and a a biased society. And so why would we continue to um, allow our students and and our culture to deal with the same old um, biased material. You know, I think that's fair, but I also think if, if you did do that, I think your party will be done. Go ahead, Alicia. <laughs> hey, State Representative Ford, it's Alicia Benford here. I actually grew up in the district that he represents. You've done a phenomenal job uh, representing your district. One of the things that you noted in your uh, news release was that uh, one of the reasons for your initiative is that you feel that the black history uh, continues to be devalued. I know we have a black caucus in Springfield 
Can you give us some idea of how the Black Caucus members are supporting you in your initiative? And then if you could maybe just name some of the ones that are supporting you so we know as residents who we need to contact um, to make sure that they are aware of your initiative and how we feel as voters. Well, to be perfectly honest with you, um, I've heard from um, a few, and I haven't heard from enough. I, I know that my senator, Kimberly Lightfoot, um, is is in support. I know that Representative Lilly and Representative Ammons are in support of this initiative. And um, other than that, I'm not exactly sure who else. But I would think that um, all of them will be um, interested in it. We do plan to have a complete packet to um, improve the state of Illinois when we go back to session. How you doing, Mr. Uh, for uh, my name is Verlon Galloway. I've been trying to talk to you for like a little bit over a year since I was talking <laughs> on 890. Um, and I got a personal question for you. Now, personal? You, ah. No, 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 not, not, not personal like that, but it is a little personal. Um, right. You believe that all black lives matter, right? Yeah, of course I believe so, so, that. So you support black lives matter, right? What, do I support black lives matter? Uh, and, and it's um, what the organization. Black yeah, yes, the, yes, the, the, the organization. Well, you know, I support it. Yes. Okay. Because, okay. Okay. Know, okay. I'll just give you. Let me let me explain it just a little. But just like America, America is not perfect, and I'm a I'm 100 percent American, and I believe in America all that it has to offer. And Black Lives Matter as an organization has its problems. But it has some value, and I support it. Well, I wasn't going to go into the organization of Black Lives Matter. I just was going to ask you a simple question. So from what I read, you're a pro-life person personally, right? Uh, you know, well, if you want to ask me my personal life, I'm a, I'm a Catholic, yes. Okay. But so, then you so, get politics in Okay, no, no, we're not talking about the politics. If you, okay. if you personally are pro-life, well, I read your voting record, and you vote pro-choice. How do you come to ground with being pro-life and voting pro-choice when hundreds of thousands of black babies are killed every year through abortion, through, through the killing of abortion? And we kill each other by the thousands in the streets, of, uh, you yeah. know, all, all uh, major cities combined. How, and I never hear you or anybody else speak out against either one. How do you come to grips with being a pro-life person and voting pro-choice? Well, you have, if you listen to the floor debates um, on the abortion bills, you will hear me speak about it and speak my conscience on it. And, you know, when I speak to my cardinal, of course, my cardinal, I, I talk to him about this very issue when he says that he believed that we should vote against it. Yeah. And what I said, I believe, um, cardinal, that not only should you be um, advocating to me, but you should be preaching in the um, church and being a, a shepherd out here making sure that unwanted pregnancies are not... Hey, Representative, we're, yes. we're out of time, but I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, are you going to take any legislative action on this bill? Or is it going to be a bill? Yes, I'm going to file a bill and I'll send it to you. All right, yes. you listen to Black and Right. We'll be right back. back on your show. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Sitting 
live in studio with my two guest co-hosts today, Verlon the Troublemaker Galloway and the Queen Alicia Benford herself. I didn't get an, I get I didn't get enough time to start a little trouble. That last trouble interview. with him. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, no. Look, one, one thing I know about Representative Lashawn Ford, he's not afraid to come into any any den. He'll answer the tough questions. I mean, I, this is, I'm just saying my personal experience of dealing with him. Uh, he's never been afraid to to answer the tough question. He was on Dan and Amy the other day. Mm-hmm. Oh, you he know? came on. Oh, yeah, he was on Dan and Amy's oh, show cool. the other day. So he's never been afraid to come and and talk about you know what he believes and um, what he doesn't believe. I mean, that's that's one of the, I think that's one of the reasons why he and I because when he and I first met, we butted heads mm. like we're like butted heads because it it was I forget what the what the actual bill was, and so he he reached out to me and said, hey, let's go out. So we went out, and then we we started talking. Um, there was a lot of times I looked at his bills and I said, "Dude, this is some crazy stuff you're introducing." Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and then um, he 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 said, "Well, why?" And his whole thing was, "How do we get the conversation rolling on a lot of these things?" And that's why I personally I think that's why he introduces some of these bills because it's 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 to shock the system to say, "Let's start a conversation about something," mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep. And I think I know we had to cut him off, but I think the comment that he was leading towards was to say, even though, you know, he he has the vote a certain way at times in Springfield, um, that he kind of said what Sheriff Clark was saying. He said to his priest, you know, maybe you guys can help more people that are in the ministry help get out in the community and explain to people, you know, a little bit more about the value of life and some of the things that we need to do to kind of take back the ownership of things in our community so, you know, we don't have some of yeah. the, the situations that we have from the violence. And I think sometimes I, th- I think sometimes people who I think when, when once you've you've gotten on the other side of that veil, you realize that you have to listen to the voters. And, I, and, and no matter how you feel about it, most people listen to what they vote. And I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't agree with a lot of things. LaShawn, LaShawn, Representative LaShawn Ford does. But he does listen to his voters. Yeah, but you don't have to vote. If, if you personally have convictions and values, you don't have to vote that way. Just because you hear a loud minority get in your ear and say, you better vote pro-choice. No, no, I don't. Because I know a lot of people, especially black people, deep in our heart, mm-hmm. we're against abortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're against a lot of the stuff that he vote for. Honestly, <laughs> I lay it all out. We are, we are against LGBTQ. You ask anybody, my father, my uncles, people that's maybe 68 on up, 65 on up. No, they're not for any of that that he's voted for, whether he's personally against it or not. You don't have to vote that way. You know, it's the squeaky wheel that gets oiled. The the ones that are complaining to him are the constituents that are complaining. You know, yes, he has his personal preference as in any elected official. But when they're elected, they got to represent that district. And that's the hard part. I'm not, you know, I'm just saying some, it may go against your convictions sometimes when you have to weigh it against, and that's the hard part, your religious belief. I made some of those Representing that district. But how do we know, how do we know the silent majority in that district are just not speaking? And that's a loud minority. So that's when you run for office and you wake up that that loud minority. Mm -hmm. Ha! There you go. Mm -hmm. Switch it up. (laughs) Uh, you, you guys know, um, I don't know if you guys have been following the news, but you saw that there was a leaked video of um, the George Floyd arrest from the, the, the police body cam perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said back then, 
don't make this don't don't make any rush to to, to to these rash decisions. I did think from on the face of it though, sitting on a person's neck for eight minutes and forty six seconds or whatever that was, uh, I had an issue with that personally because I was never taught that in the academy. But apparently Minnesota, there's a there's a uh, a statue on the books somewhat, right? You it, but it, it it would it would in the court of law it would it could pop it it, it can go both ways really. I think it's pretty subjective, but if you're talking about their training manual and yeah. the 2012 addendum thing that the, where they changed, the language it uses um, really insinuates, especially if you've had any kind of uh, hand-to-hand training, yeah. it insinuates uh, wrapping the inside of the elbow or the inside yeah. of the knee to the neck yeah. in order to subdue and make conscious, not necessarily placing your weight on somebody. Correct. So... That's kind of fifty. So you know, be, be, and and because of 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 the leaking of the video, I wanted to bring on a guest. I mean, he's 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 no stranger to the show, uh, who could give us a better technical breakdown of what was transpiring from the moment that happened until the gurney showed up to take um, George Floyd away. Eric Muldrow from Cold Red Conversations. Welcome back to Black and Right. Hey, thanks for having me on, brother. Hey, I know you. Uh, have you um, uploaded your um, your analysis of uh, on YouTube yet of the um, leaked audio? Not yet. Uh, it should be going up hopefully this afternoon at the latest. It'll be up tomorrow morning. Okay. Well, we for this segment right here, we got we got about a minute and twenty seconds to to to, to start the conversation, <laughs> right? No, you, we, we, right. I got you to the end. So you, I mean, you you, I got you for another what twenty five thirty minutes. Yeah. Okay. So, no problem. Yeah, I got you. So let's let's start at the beginning. Walk us through what you've seen from the beginning of that, um, from when they were inside the store. Uh, break it down so people can really understand it in, in just simple terms. Well, the video footage that I watched showed them when they approached him in the car. That's the footage I was able to, able to come across when he was inside the vehicle. Um, and... So, because what we're dealing with was a forged, it was a forged check situation, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, was, was I, was, I was thinking it was counterfeit money. Counterfeit $20. Yeah. Yeah. Counterfeit money. That's, yeah. right, that's right. I'm sorry. I was thinking of another situation. That, that's right. So you're dealing with that. So you have a lawful reason for the police officers to be there from, from the get-go. Because a lot of people throw that in there. They're like, well, why would they even, you know, like trying to justify them placing him uh, uh, under arrest? So I'm going to speak on what I what I saw personally was was him being in in the vehicles. If he was the one who was identified as being a potential suspect in that, then the police should make contact with him. Correct. So so upon their approach to him, they are talking to him and trying to get him to comply to get out of the car. Show and and it took about four times for the officer to get him to show him both of, both of his hands. Hey, 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 Eric, I, I want to play the, the beginning of that clip of what you're talking about. I, I have a, a couple of the clips, the audio clips to, 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 so okay. to play. So I'm going to play that, and then we'll come back on the other side of the break and uh, break it down. Your other hand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me see your other hand. Please, both hands. Put your hands off right now. Let me see your other hand. Really quick, we, we have about 15 seconds, 20 seconds. That's casebook resisting right there, correct? 100%. Four times they give verbal commands for him to show his hands. 
before the officer drew down because we know in law enforcement that the hands kill. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, and it was it was not in plain sight where the officer could see if, if there was a weapon of any kind in his hand, right? Absolutely. Ah, more with Eric Muldrow after the break. You listening to Black and Right on AM560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. Boy, we be having some intense discussions during the break. <laughs> over line, still steaming over there. <laughs> hey, you're tuning in to Black and Right. Well, my guest co-host today, Verlon, the troublemaker. You're causing a lot of trouble today, Vet Galloway. I wanted to cause more. I know you did. And Alicia the Queen, Benford. Uh, b- b- before the break, we were talking with um, um, Eric Muldrow from Cold Red Conversations. And he was, we, we were starting the process of breaking down the, the George Floyd leak tape. Uh, Eric, welcome back to Black and Right. Hey, I appreciate it, brother. So as, as we were discussing before the break... When, when you look at what, what the, the initial contact, there was a reason for right. the cops. The cops didn't just show up. Uh, they were called to the scene. They went to this, this convenience store. It, it, the video I saw actually showed the cops in the convenience store with the clerk coming with what looked like some paper in his hand. Gotcha. He even pointed, the convenience clerk pointed out um, where George Floyd was uh, parked in his vehicle, even described the vehicle that George Floyd walked into. So that means he, he watched. He was, he was very perceptive. Now, we played that clip about George Floyd, you know, when the cops first initiated with him, right? Um, how, how, can, how do you break that down to where people can really get it and understand it for future incidents like this? Well, what I did on the video that I'll be uh, uploading on my YouTube channel, Code Rare Conversations, what I did was I took it from the point to where the officers made contact with George Floyd, and I just went step by step in any area that I thought might be might cause a question or might be somewhat controversial. I paused it, and then I just proceeded to discuss it from the perspective of my law enforcement career to help the average citizen, because there's so many details. Yeah. And just like I said, prior to the break was the fact that when you have an encounter like that, and I've heard people, people that I respect uh, and different media figures who were questioning the officers uh, uh, pulling the handgun out on George Floyd. Yeah. And then you and then you have to just watch. You have to watch and listen to what's being said all the way around. Yes. Because you had a lot of dialogue going on. George Floyd was was uh, freaking out because he said he had been shot before. I I don't know if that's been if that was ever substantiated or not. But of course, if someone has a gun pointed at him, you're going to get some unusual behavior. But even besides that. Just based on my training and experience, I have over 20 years of law enforcement experience in the county jail, working in the state prison, not too far from where you guys are. And I was in Westville, Indiana, Westville Correctional Center. That's where I worked. Uh, I did my first law enforcement experience was at Westville. And that was when Westville was maximum security. And uh, so you can see after years of experience and training and being educated on these on, on different aspects of the human nature and drug problems it drug issues it was clear that George Floyd was under the influence of something or he was dealing with some level of psychiatric 
uh, some level of mental health problems. But excuse me, sir. I, I, excuse me, sir. Yes, sir. My, okay, this is Verlon Galloway. The way I yes, the way I hear it is once the handcuffs gone, it's over. You know, what I mean, it's like oh. you know, it's, it's like you had you had one officer even tell the guy. I think. Wait, hey, don't kinda, jump too here. I got that audio. Oh, you yeah, have that audio. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But but <laughs> you know, once once the handcuffs gone and he's on his belly, and it's four officers, I think they they should have had that well in hand without the knee being put to the neck. Right. You know, and then if they knew he was under the the influence of something, they should have called paramedics. You know, right. it, you know, it, 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 they should have called some professionals, some healthcare professionals that could have better helped that man if he couldn't breathe because he was on drugs. You will get no argument from me from what everything you just said. I am in one hundred percent agreement with you, uh, and and I have I have a video out where I address that. But in this in, with this newfound information, it doesn't change my overall assessment of what took place. All it does is brings some more clarity right. to exactly why the officers. Did, were were came in contact with him. Right. Why they put him in handcuffs? Uh, it, and but it does bring some. It does shed a, It does make you wonder to what extent did his medical condition, his whether he was under the because the, the information came out he was under the influence of methamphetamines and fentanyl, and and I'm hearing that it was toxic level. Yeah. So yeah. it makes you wonder, beyond beyond I, toxic level, man. Right, right, and and it makes me, and it just causes. I, I don't. I, I I will never. Uh, I'm a I'm a jujitsu guy. I, I've been I've done martial arts since I was seven, sixteen years old. I'm fifty years old now, so I've always had some training. I, I, I always try to be proficient in in training, especially while I was while I was working as a in that, whether it was a CEO or a police officer. So when I see the uh, if you want to just uh, answer the question, uh, what the uh, brother just asked me, the idea of p- placing your knee on his neck and all that, I, I, I'm already, I've, I've been critical of that from the get-go. Yeah, I, I think that's a horrific tactic, I, whether it's in the policy books or not. It just seems uh, senseless to hey, me. Hey, but, hey, but hey, Eric. Going back, go ahead. Go hey, ahead. What, what, this is what I want to do really quick, right? I want to play each audio pieces because they're really short audio pieces, right? And I want to get your... Yeah. 15, 20 seconds, 30 second assessments on it, okay? First one. Oh, please don't shoot me, please, man. I'm not going to shoot please. you. Step on the face away. I'm going to get out of here, man. Please don't shoot me, man. I just lost my mom, man. Hey, man. Step on the face away. Now, you and I both have dealt with people who've said, you know, when they're that, that hyper, when they're on drugs, and they say all type right. of stuff, and, and most of them, some, some, most of the time, they're looking for an out. Am I right? Oh, no question. Okay. The, uh, often, oftentimes, oftentimes what a lot of people don't understand is when it comes to the perspective of, of a police officer. When you're on the scene, your, fir- your primary goal is to do what? Make the scene safe. Correct. You want to slow everything down. Yes. If you have a potential suspect, you want to make sure that he or she is secured. Then you can proceed with your investigation. You can ask more questions. 
But if you have someone who's who's already at a very heightened level and you can't even get that done right. from the get go, that's it. that's where your priority lie, lie True. or lay. That's Eric. where that's what you have to take care of. First. All right, next clip. Man. Listen, I'm not that kind of guy. I'll roll the windows down Please, and keep pulling your legs in. All right, I'll stay around. Stop. Look at that. Look at that. Now you're look, look at it. Look at it. We can fix look. it. Now while you're standing up. Okay, there. man. God, don't do me bad, man. Man, I don't. I don't want to try to win. I don't want to try to win. Eric, what do you say? This is where they're trying to put him in the back seat. Correct. They're just trying to get him in the back seat, and he's saying that he's claustrophobic. And and like you said, John, you some he could he could could have been completely one hundred percent honest and and talking about the fact that he struggles with claustrophobia. But if he is the suspect in this crime, there is no there is no other means by which an officer can secure him or transport him. When it's all said and done, he's going to have to eventually go back into the vehicle in the back seat. And the cops were trying to comply; they were trying to help him out. To and the and, and Eric, did you hear the professionalism from the cops though at that moment? One hundred percent. Oh yeah, that, I haven't even hit on my main point, like the whole racism narrative. That's okay. Yeah. All right. Here's the last clip. Please, 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 take a seat. Please, 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 I never knew that George Floyd was the one that wanted to go on the ground. You got 30 seconds to finish this out. Ooh, brother. Yeah, there's so much going on there, man. I'm, they were trying to put him in the backseat of the car. I don't know, because you only get one, one body camera view, so you don't get the whole story. So I don't know if he if he kicked, kicked I'm not saying he was kicking out the officer, but if he kind of slid his way out to the, the opposite side of the vehicle, or the officer pulled him out because he just saw him as just being too disruptive and and uh, too volatile or what. Yeah. But it, this this it adds so much yeah. to hey. the entire argument, and I and it makes me wonder why this information was never shared initially. Exactly. In hey, Eric, thanks so much for joining Black and Right. Hey, go to Code Red Conversations on Facebook and YouTube. Download it. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, closing out the show. Verlon, 10 seconds. I want to say thank you, John Anthony, for having me on your show for these last past three weeks. Being a caller and then being behind this microphone is really a dream come true. Told you you couldn't do 10 seconds. Thank you for having me on the show. We need more black men like you that are as passionate about abortion. I think if we have that, I haven't I met that many, it. but if we have that, you you may see a change. Yeah. When we when we as black you, women Queen. see somebody like you that passionate, yeah. it may change their mind. Thank you. Valon. Thank you. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. all the listeners out there who had the courage to think critically about today's pressing issues. Join me next week. To my brothers and sisters out there who have walked away from the liberal left, you are not wrong or alone. Keep the faith and know it is more than okay to be black and right. See you next week. <laughs>